Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over 200 different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Centered in the City podcast. I am just loving doing these solo episodes. I've started to kind of see them as these blog posts, how I get to connect with all of you about what I'm present to or practicing or noticing or hearing within clients. So thank you for being here. It means the world to me. I would also love and value your feedback. So if you wouldn't mind taking a moment either before or after this episode to share some feedback in a survey linked in the show notes, it would support me learning how to serve and support you more intentionally in 2023. And as part of my words of the year, one of them being deep listening, I want to deeply listen to you. So thank you in advance for allowing me to hear you. In today's podcast episode, I'm going to talk about how to be cozy this winter and navigate the winter blues. I don't know about you, but this winter has been really hard for my mental health. And I'm going to share some tips and practices that support me. It doesn't take away the discomfort of winter, but ways that I have been navigating it. And hopefully these help you. So let's settle in and let's get centered. So here in the Northern Hemisphere, we are experiencing winter and like everything in life, there are the light and shadow sides. There are the pleasant and unpleasant. They are the enjoyable and not so enjoyable aspects, right? It's this yin and the yang. There's this holistic quality to it all. Not everything is amazing and great and not everything is shit and not worth it or horrible. So there's always both in a situation or an experience. And same with winter. You know, some people love winter and winter is really beautiful. It offers a stillness. It is this opportunity to go inwards and hibernate and be more with darkness and be cozy and be connected to, you know, soups and hot drinks and all those things that scream winter, winter activities, all that. But for those, myself included, who are really sensitive to winter, it can be hard. And when going to the University of Michigan back in the day, I said to myself, 
I promise myself I will never live someplace this gray ever in my life. And the winters, if you are aware, in Michigan are pretty rough. It's snowy, it's cold, and it is gray. Now, growing up in New York City, we have winters. It gets cold. We have blizzards. It definitely snows. But there's typically sun even when it's really cold and crisp outside. So fast forward years and years and years, I land in Seattle, which most of the year, I won't say all of the year, but a big chunk of the year is gray. And that was something I really had to come to terms with when I moved here. And I'm going on my 10th year of living here in Seattle. So it's something I've really had to learn with. And one of the things people said when I first moved here was, the winters are going to be rough. Get outside as soon as you can and find a winter sport that you enjoy. Now, I'm not a big ski snowboarder person. I snowshoe, but winter sports aren't like my super jam. However, I really appreciated the words because they were right. Like you cannot let the winter weather stop you from getting outside because you'll just go cray cray. And, you know, I fully have embraced that, especially during the pandemic. There was just like walks and walks and walks, no matter the weather. And that's something that I've still continued to practice. So I wanted to share some practices that I'm in the flow of doing that help me get through the winter. And I also want to hear from you. Like you all have so much wisdom about how you navigate the winter as well. So please feel free to share and respond and keep this conversation going because I hope it supports us not feeling alone in this darkness, literal and figurative darkness. The first aspect of my winter practices is matching my sleep with the light as best as possible. Here in Seattle, it gets dark really early, you know, like 4.30, 4.15. And at its latest, the sun rises about 7.57 in the morning. So a big chunk of the day, it is pretty dark. But matching my rhythms with the light has been insanely helpful. A girlfriend and I were joking about how I do these sunrise chasing walks. I'll share more about in a moment. And she was laughing of, you know, you posted a picture of the light and it just looked like a shade of gray. (laughs) And sometimes that's what you get. But matching my rhythms with the light has been tremendously helpful. Like I have motivation to get out the door and go for a walk first thing so that I can see a glimpse of light. And light being maybe a shade from you know, the darkness of pre-dawn to that shift of dawn. And maybe that's just witnessing the light for the day if it doesn't get much sunnier than that. However, this morning, there was a beautiful sunrise over the Cascade Mountains that I got to witness, and it gave me just so much energy and light, and I just felt like this giddy schoolgirl standing on the sidewalk watching the sunrise for like 15 minutes, and it was so special and gave me just this burst of appreciation for nature, for rhythms, for light, for dark, you know, for, for all of it. And then I have no shame in my game. 
I'm giving myself permission to get in bed early. You know, and I know I'm not alone. I've heard from a few clients recently saying that they're getting in bed earlier and that has felt really good and they're ending up getting up earlier, which they've been really enjoying. And this is one of the things that I talk about in Centered in the City in the membership platform and community is that rituals rituals can change with us. They should change with us. They get to match our cycles and seasons and the different light of the days and our different energy and what we're focusing on, our capacities. And so I actually find it easier to get up earlier in the winter, even though it's darker, and light a candle and enjoy that kind of cozy darkness and then witness the light transition helps me realize, oh, it's daytime, right? It really gives me that transition space to step into. In the summer here, it's so bright, so early, so long that it's just this kind of like beautiful burst of light all day typically. And I don't necessarily feel as much of a impulse to get up early. So that's just something I've noticed and and witnessed over the years and really trying to enjoy that cozy, cold, dark morning by lighting a candle, by putting on the fireplace, by, you know, taking it slow and easy and enjoying that transition into the day. Next, I use a sad lamp. And again, no shame in the game here. This is a lamp I ordered off Amazon and I sit and I meditate in front of it. And I used to kind of poo-poo it, but when times got desperate, you know, years ago, when navigating the winter, I ordered it and I was open to anything that would help me and it definitely helped. You know, it just gives gives you this kind of boost of energy and it helps stimulate fake sunshine. So you're getting this artificial light that your body needs to have some more energy and it definitely supports me. So I try to put that on while I meditate and have it pretty close to my face. I'm not looking at it directly because my eyes are closed and I sit in front of it for about, you know, 15, 20 minutes as long as I meditate. The next little winter hack here is I make sure to take B12. I'm naturally low in B12. However, taking B12, I notice it's just like happy pills. It just gives me this boost of energy when I feel especially sloggy. And if you're somebody who is low in vitamin D, again, taking vitamin D supplements can be really supportive. Of course, check with your doctor. This is not medical advice. But noticing what we're deficient in from our biochemistry can be really helpful in thinking about, okay, what extra support and boost does my body, does my system need that it's not necessarily going to get from the outside, meaning sunshine, light, or food sources. So getting our blood work checked um, annually, having those conversations with your doctors, like understanding what your levels are with certain things can definitely help your biochemistry. And I noticed like years ago, I was judgmental of that. I thought, you know, my body should work well enough. I, I shouldn't need something outside myself. 
But as you might have heard in my episode with Ryan from uh, Needed, we talked about the gift of supplements and how it really gets to balance out our system. So challenging my belief system around that was very insightful. And I noticed omega-3s. Like having more omega-3s was definitely helpful also in managing my energy levels and navigating brain fog. So I added more chia seeds into my diet and that tended to help. You know, I made a lot of chia seed pudding recently. I haven't been and that actually inspires me to get back on the chia seed pudding game. So paying attention to that, like fish oil pills, whatever you might be eating to support you there and then thinking about food and nourishment in general like obviously soups are no-brainer this time of year however getting really fun and and colorful with our food can also be helpful in navigating the kind of low energy that comes with the winter months so instead of thinking about just like potato and white kind of food that has a low energy frequency to it you know really thinking about brighter colors sweet potatoes and squashes and cabbage and colorful greens and right like how we can use a medley of colors in our foods to just also aliven our senses last night my husband and I were making this vegetable lasagna recipe that I love that's on Centered in the City for anybody listening and hungry. And just making it was so inspiring. The red sauce, the pesto that's in it, the colors of the roasted vegetables, the green, the basils, right? Like all of it was just so stimulating. And even though it's a very cozy and comforting meal, it also alivened my senses. So thinking about what we cook and the colors can also be really helpful, I have found. Now, talking about bubble baths, I'm usually very hesitant because bubble baths are so associated with one of the only ways to practice self-care. And I love getting in the bath. I get in the bath almost nightly. I put it really hot. I add some Epsom salts, which is really good for us. Magnesium, most of us humans are deficient in magnesium. So getting that magnesium in our bodies can be helpful too with our you know, levels of deficiency. Put on some bubble bath. Sometimes light a candle, sometimes not. Sometimes I read a book. Sometimes I'm scrolling on my phone. Sometimes I'm just breathing and meditating Whatever it is, just getting into a warm bath really helps just soften my muscles because here in Seattle, it gets kind of that damp cold. And so just feeling that warmth from the inside out and having, you know, the permission to lie horizontally and be in a bath. Sometimes that's the only way I'll lie horizontally when I'm not sleeping, you know, is getting myself to take a bath. Most recently, we bought a sauna. Um, We bought a big outdoor barrel sauna. And so my husband and I have been exploring our ritual with that and how we want to add the sauna into our well-being routines and, and feeling the body get hot from the inside out and sweating has just 
felt really nourishing. So if you have access to a sauna, it can be very helpful during these wet and cold months. Another practice has been being intentional about social plans. In Seattle and probably a lot of other places, the winter is an opportunity you know, to hibernate, to literally stay more indoors. And sometimes that can be really nice and restorative and restful. But I noticed I can sometimes do that too much where I start to feel disconnected from my community. I feel disconnected from my friends. And then that really zaps my energy and can kind of spiral me into more of a disconnected depression phase. And so during the winter, I have to work hard to think about creative ways to engage my friends. So whether that's taking outdoor walks together and, you know, walking in the rain or whether that's planning a movement class with them or brunch, or out to dinner, or having dinner parties, like making it intentional because it's not as easy to have energy to meet up with people, especially after work when it's already dark and cold, and maybe people don't want to leave their house, or commute, or the weather's bad. So being intentional about making plans is really huge for me, and it didn't really hit me until the holiday season, kind of how lonely I was feeling, how disconnected from my community I was feeling. And so besides scheduling a lot of walk and talks that I do with my friends who either are in Seattle or anywhere around the world, it's been a helpful way to stay connected to my community when I felt this lonely pull at my heart. And, you know, after the holidays settled and people aren't as busy making plans with people, engaging my community, exploring different events and practices that I want to prioritize this year can be really helpful and motivating. Also, I think it's important, you know, talking about social connection and dry January that a lot of people are focusing on you know, to think about ways to connect with people that doesn't involve drinking necessarily and doesn't maybe necessarily involve food, I think can be really important. I typically find food at the center of all of my planning. And so sometimes it's freeing to just say, hey, do you want to meet up for a walk or take this movement class or go hear some live music or check out a movie or an art museum or something that doesn't have to involve eating or drinking or other creative ways that we can connect to our people. Can we use the winter months and excuses to be inside to think about, okay, what are the activities that you can do inside with your community and your people? And if you're new in whatever city you're in and having a hard time finding people, you know, when I first moved to Seattle, I did a lot of meetups met a lot of random people. Some people stuck around, some people didn't. You know, it's just about getting out there and experiencing the world, which can take a lot more motivation during the winter months than other times of year. So I welcome you to be very gentle and kind with yourself, but also think about your future self. You know, what is going to make you happiest in the long run. In the short term, it might be staying inside because it feels really cold, but in the long run, maybe it is gently pushing yourself to go to a new event or to meet new people. 
you know, that's always a delicate balance of discerning where your energy level's at. You know, is something feeling low just because it's avoiding, you're avoiding the maybe uncomfortable or the effort it takes? Uh, Or are you noticing the low energy is actually wisdom there saying, you know what, this event is, is not for me or going out today or tonight is not for me because... I, I really am here to rest and recharge my batteries. So discerning that takes time and it takes some mindful awareness practice, which you know I'm a huge fan of and a believer that when we have rituals in our life, it offers these pauses for us to gain mindful awareness, to check in, to connect to ourselves so we can know ourselves more deeply and act more intentionally. So taking that time to discern and listen to your body is a practice that will take, I think, our whole lifetime. I don't think there's any there. But when we practice it, we can actually serve ourselves and help ourselves. And the last piece of advice that I will offer here when navigating the winter is to plan some sun. This was advice people gave to me in Seattle when I moved here was like have something already on your calendars for February or March because you're going to need a sun break in the winter. Seattle's different from most places where you think it's going to start to get sunny and nice in March and April but it actually doesn't. It doesn't really happen until June. I don't know that's that is a I kind of gently challenge that belief but you definitely need to plan some sun. And for me, January and February ends up being the month that I need my sun dose. And so planning something, if you are able to, obviously this is a very privileged thing to be able to travel whenever you can, but if you can, see what sunshine you can fit in to your life. So whether that's visiting a family member, somewhere sunny, or planning a trip with friends or a partner, get some real vitamin D in and know that you have that trip to look forward to. And I lied, the last tip and practice I'll leave you with today is the practice of acceptance and to remember that like everything, nothing is permanent. So maybe this winter is feeling really long and really dark for you like it is for me I have to constantly remind myself this is not permanent. You know, there will be spring happening. And how can I just accept and enjoy the gifts of winter and also remember that this too will pass. You know, a new season will come. And to really just savor what it's here to teach me and to be able to let go of wishing I could control the weather and allowing myself to take care of myself as best as I can. I hope you find these tips and reflections helpful in navigating your winter months. And please share with me your favorite practices during the winter. I know some people are all about the board games this time or use it as excuses to play a lot of video games. So like whatever it is for you, I'd love to hear and we'll continue to share and inspire each other. Thanks again for being here and until 